You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Lexi, Chief Marketing Officer at Wallex. This show is provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. This episode is brought to you by the Bitcoin.com exchange, the exchange you can trust. Buy and sell Bitcoin as well as 250 digital assets. The Bitcoin.com exchange is secure, fast, easy, and reliable. Register within seconds and buy crypto with a credit or debit card. Join our community of traders now. Exchange.bitcoin.com. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. Welcome to the Bitcoin.com exchange. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here, Dustin. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time. Now you take on a pretty big role at an organization in the crypto ecosystem. What do you do? Thank you for asking. So I'm the chief marketing officer of the Wallix Group. And Wallix is a, is a group of financial companies, and we're based in Europe, United States, and Asia. And what we do is we provide initially asset protection services within the traditional finance and the digital economy system and industry. And this involves custody services, broadless banking solutions, OTC services, exchange platforms, um, and much more. And we also just recently launched our own stablecoin, Yurst, which is a live audited asset-backed stablecoin, which represents one euro of USD and is secured by the Federal Reserve and Wallex Trust itself. And I am the one in charge of communication, <laughs> social media, and marketing of all those lovely sections of the whole entire company. So tell us about that. I mean, CMOs across the crypto ecosystem, you know, many times they work with a high performance leader and a, that throws a lot at them really, really fast and then moves on. How do you figure out how to navigate and to tackle? And, and then at times, how do you learn how to push back when you need to? Absolutely. So my director is lovely Simone Matsuko, who's the creator of Wallix as well. And um, living in separate countries at times as well, since he travels a lot and I have to travel a lot to different uh, countries as well. It can get a bit overwhelming and frustrating when it comes to communication channels. However, I find it it all depends on trust and understanding of one another and uh, so I started with Wallix, I must say it would be around two years ago. And coming into the industry itself, I actually didn't really know what blockchain was, or I was quite vague on the terminology of cryptocurrencies. And honestly, I was quite overwhelmed at the very beginning, especially it being also a male, predomin predominantly male dominated field. However, when... Um, the, the tools that Simone gave me from the very beginning, he really did teach me um, a lot from point A. And it is actually came to my learning and understanding by myself where I had to uh, I had to read up on a lot on the Internet. And at that time, unlike today, it, the blockchain and cryptocurrency sector wasn't as commercialized as I believe it is now, because now I find it is fully blowing up. However, 
with Simone, um, what was really great is that he would always be there for you when you really need him. However, then he would give you the tools and I'm in marketing and I, and the number one thing is that we need to communicate across is if I don't understand something, that means our viewers and users don't understand something. So that means I have to learn it in the simplest way. And I have all the tools possible to do that and a great social media uh, team to do that with me. So the, initially, the best part is to start from really base zero. And I had to also build up the whole entire marketing department as well, which was absolutely great. But it came to just, you know, you have to be curious and you have to have this fire in you can't be scared or frightened of the industry, what I think a lot of people are, because we're blown away with so much new terminology and so many new facts where it could be, sometimes it is a bit, um, it's difficult to understand where you can set your foot in or how to communicate with people across. And it is actually just really, truly um, believing in yourself and just, you know, you can't be frightened to actually do something wrong because otherwise you can't ever learn. And thankfully, Simona is a very, very helpful person in that way. And the whole entire Wallix team is as well. And we can't also forget is that this industry is still in its infancy. So truly, there is no wrongdoing in it. You know, you, you can, you have to approach it in every single corner of the sector and then you know what's right and what's wrong because when it comes to social media, it is not as traditional as when it comes to other traditional industry sectors when approaching how to communicate with the audience. Now talk about the, the regulatory or the compliance side. I mean, we live in this world where you must do it the right way. So, and doing it the right way sometimes can take more time. It can take more energy. How do you stay focused on knowing that you always need to do it right and do it right the first time? Well, um, I believe actually, well, starting off from uh, the regulatory and the license processing and everything, you know, you have the papers in front of you and uh, you got to learn them. <laughs> That's that's my only tip. You got to learn them off by heart. And then, uh, you know, uh, what we did, we also have a brand book where we have all the rules of how we can use our logo, who to contact with using our logo. We also have a specific definition of how our licenses or KYC or KYB is supposed to be presented when being published on the internet or anything like that um, when it comes to legal side we have outline and that was one of the first things that we did because it's it's very important when it comes to um uh when you have such a huge uh group of companies especially and sometimes uh communication can get lost across them so um i would definitely the number one thing is just having it set in stone and having everybody learn exactly from point of from the very beginning. And then that's when you can get creative with it. So it, it tells me, or it sounds like that what you've done is you went deeper, you learned more. If there was an area that you weren't strong, you got stronger. So talk about a normal work day. I mean, are you doing six hours a day, eight hours a day? What does it take to be a CMO in the crypto ecosystem? Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, I can't say I have actually a normal 9am to 5pm job. 
because uh, there's always something coming up. You know, there's always uh, creative ideas bounced around. And with Wallix, we have grown tremendously over the past two years and we're still growing even larger. Um, I mean, by me, it's usually, you know, I, I wake up at, at a good 7 a.m. Uh, and I try to keep away from my electronics for at least 40 minutes just to get my headspace in order. And um, I make myself coffee or or mocha in the definitely for that, just to get energized a tiny bit. And then I like to go through my emails. Um, my social media team is actually abroad, not with me. So, and they're six hours ahead of me sometimes. So I would have to wake up sometimes even earlier. We use a great um, tool called Airtable, where we have our calendar set and we, uh, we look at the skeleton for the, all social media pages and what is going to be set. And then I jump into my other social media team for Yearst. And we talk about exactly how we're going to communicate our message across for the day and for the next day as well. We go through the graphics and that will take up to, let's say, midday. And then I like to give myself a nice 40 minutes off because I, I think it's important just to get your give your head a little bit of a rest. So I try to put away my phone also for lunchtime, except for I keep it on loud just in case the director calls. <laughs> and uh, other than that, then afterwards, I tend to read up on um, any social news. Um, I always check all social media accounts, Twitter, especially for any news. And then, um, then I go into actually creating projects and reports because we also have other clients that we work for when it comes to marketing. Uh, so set all of that up. And then I give myself two hours to get some sports in. And then uh, after 6 p.m., I usually have a communication call with the whole entire years group, which is the same time as me, and then mostly with the director himself. And then I like to call it a day, uh, hopefully at 8 p.m. And that's a day. You know what's interesting? You're telling me this. It, it goes back to a question I heard somebody ask Elon Musk and said to Elon, how many hours does it take to change the world? And, and Elon gave him an answer and said, 80 to 100 hours a week. And the person was almost surprised and shocked. Like, why that much? And what he said, well, what I could accomplish or what you could accomplish in an 80 to 100, to 100 hour work week, you could accomplish in four months with somebody would take someone else a year. And it sounds to me that that is what you and your team are doing, that you are giving it all you have day after day to accomplish the goals that are in front of you. Absolutely. And you know, the it's an interesting factor that you mentioned, because the thing is the goals change every single day. And that's what gives us actually the motivation because we, we, we always think about what is the best way to communicate our message across. And we try to communicate because initially our job is how can we make also non-users of the blockchain world or cryptocurrency understand us? How can we make our users the most comfortable they can be with our platform? And, you know, Every single day, uh, we learn something new from our users. And that's why, you know, a day can a day can also be quite short, but a day can also go until midnight sometimes because um, with marketing and communication and social media, it's, you know, if you don't have the users, if you don't have the viewers, and if I wouldn't have my team, it wouldn't be there. And it's a team effort. And it really, you know, it's a give and take 
You know, it's interesting that in this space or in any industry or sector, that unless you're in marketing, that you really don't know how tough it is to build a brand. You know, people have this like crazy idea, right? That, well, why can't you just go find a thousand customers? That it's not as easy as that, that it takes a cookbook. You said something earlier about processes and policies, you know, this, these procedures that you also talked about, like say that you give yourself permission that you cannot operate all day at high performance. You give yourself permission to reset. And I imagine that might come as a push and pull feel that there are times you're like, I don't have time, yet you make the time for things that you know will put you at your best. So talk about tackling problems. How do you tackle problems as they're thrown at you? Absolutely. I mean, the number one thing is that even if I have a lot of work and it might take me until midnight, I still give myself those two hours of day, which come from around 5.30 till 7.30 p.m., where I go into meditation, yoga, or sometimes even kickboxing when you have to put off a little bit of fire, you know, inside you. And those hours, um, you know, they're, they're hours of self-love. And that's how I end up tackling problems. Because if I just, if you keep on trying and trying and trying over again, that's a quote actually, and you expect a different outcome, that will just lead to insanity. And that's why you just really need to uh, get away and just have a breather. That's the most important thing of how you solve problems. And what I like to do is that uh, when I feel a little bit overwhelmed or when I, when I have an issue that I cannot solve, I, I like to write up a spider diagram where I also pinpoint exactly the problems that need to be tackled. And then I and then I and I draw it out all the time because I find a visual representation of your problems is a lot easier than if you type them up or if you and you talk to yourself as well. As strange as that might sound, it actually really does help me. Wait, and what? I, You're uh, telling me it's okay for me to have conversations out loud with myself? Absolutely. I think that's very helpful as long as you win the arguments with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I, I just don't know who won this one. It was it me or me. <laughs> And um, so going back to that, then I have a breather of those two hours and then I come back and look at it again. And then I may, and then I might then have another couple of branches out from the topic boxes that I wrote down. And then the next morning I present it to my team. And then that's how we actually end up solving problems the most effective way. So talk about a team. You know, there, there is this idea that everyone is like me and yet everybody is not like me. So how do you get to know the team and know what each person is good at and what each person maybe is not as fast as and allowing yourself to give each person the grace that they need? Because I, I know that there are days where they're getting me at my worst and there's days they're getting me at my best. Absolutely. I think that definitely comes with experience and everybody getting to know each other. It does, you know, it's it's like a family as well. Uh, you're, the team is a family initially, you know. Um, everybody, you can see it in their eyes if they're having a bad day. And that's when, you know, you can support them a little bit more, ask them, can I take that task off your hand? And they will do exactly the same for you. And, uh, with Wallachs, we have a, quite a small family and, you know, it, it's a really great experience just to know that everybody has your back. That's one thing for sure. And when it comes to placement, I think, um, with, with our place in the company, it comes to our titles, of course. <laughs> However, uh, 
communication and just support and, uh, you know, just knowing what everybody's doing, especially we send each other um, action plans for the week. And just having a gut feeling, you know, after a, a while, when you work with people, you just have this gut feeling that you know that if they need your help, or if, if they're on it, if they if you shouldn't talk to them, and they're on a roll, or and they'll know exactly the same for you. And I find that absolutely beautiful. You know, I get to meet lots of people in marketing all around the world. And you are one of these unique and rare people that always look for the good. You always find the good. Is that something that began early in your career? Is it something that happened along the way? I mean, what is it for you that you seem to start each day? Like it's your first, there's this excitement to, to do it all over again. Like, oh, this is great. I get to come in that. It doesn't appear to be a job when I interact with you, that you, you really love what you do. Well, thank you for saying that. And absolutely, I must, I think it comes also to the industry, you know, because it's such a fast paced moving um, economical sector, especially, and there's just so much to learn. You know, uh, there's new terminology coming out every single second. There's, uh, and this is what we also do with my team. Uh, we write weekly articles just to um, help people uh, help communicate these um, new terms and everything like that to our user base. And for me, I wake up and it really also comes to uh, Mr. Matsuka also actually being this fire inside the company where he really, really pushes you. And this is the thing, you know, with my job, um, I don't get exactly told or given um outline of what I'm supposed to do. I have to come up with it myself with my team. And that's what I find so exciting because it's this freedom of creativity. And I find that's um, exactly what the blockchain and cryptocurrency market is all about. You know, it's about finding out new ways of how to communicate with people and getting that message across and making it unique and stand out. And um, uh, especially with the backing of my team, it's, it's, you know, this creative flow and every day brings something new and every day is a new project and every day we think of a new strategy, you know, how to make all, um, all this new um, digital age technologies become more humane for users of the blockchain and cryptocurrency world and for the users that know nothing about it because I am technically a newbie in this industry as well. So for me, that's what's most exciting. You know, it's in a world, this crypto ecosystem that one year, it's like the equivalent to like five dog years or seven dog years is that Absolutely. it moves so fast and so rapid and it keeps you on top of your game. And from what I'm hearing from you is that your team, well, geez, they just have, they have the strength, they have the tools, they have the drive that they always seem to accomplish their goals because they're a team. They're not I. And yeah. now talk to the ladies out there. This is Women's History Month. Talk mm -hmm. to them about entrepreneurship, what it's like to be put into a position where you have very strong personalities that you're working with on a day-to-day -day basis. Talk to them. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I was actually just reading an article recently where it said up to 15% of women are in the blockchain and cryptocurrency sector currently. And I believe... Um, a lot of people would say that that the, it would be an industry gender imbalance. Now, I don't agree with that at all, because, you know, 
this industry is exactly like every other industry and it's all about interest and love of the topic. And yes, there may be a lot of strong personalities and the industry being predominantly male dominated. However, what is, what is blockchain cryptocurrency? It's a decentralized industry made for everyone. So why does gender even have to play a role in that? You know, if you have an idea, you can get the tools and you can get people who believe in you because it's, you know, um, this exact industry, people are what I've come across and the people that I've met are just so passionate in getting ideas flowing and getting projects ready. Um, for all the women out there, I would not be intimidated at all because the thing is, this industry is all about ideas and passion and it's just growing and growing further. So if you have an idea, if you have anything to say, just go out there and they will be, anybody will be more than happy to meet you. And that's what I experienced going even into conferences that was, let's say 90% full of male genders. It, it actually sometimes helped me stand out as a woman as well, because people were interested from my perspective, because obviously, you know, clients from these companies are not only males. So having also a woman perspective and knowing how you can communicate with women and letting them know that, hey, this technology is not only for male, you know, we can do a lot, especially blockchain being applied and so many, um, you know, uh, female represented sections of the industry as well. It's not something to be frightened of. It's something to be embraced. And I think that's actually um, now starting off, especially with the uh, female gender. So I'm actually very looking forward to seeing what us females can actually do out of it. Yeah. Thank you again for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com exchange podcast. Thank you, Dustin. Lovely talking to you. We know you enjoyed the show. But please don't forget, this show is only provided for informational purposes only. It is not offered or intended to be used as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com, where your journey begins.